Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. So by the time this episode comes out, it May the 4th would have already passed. Do you remember where we were May 4th last year? No, where? Because isn't that when people do like, may the 4th be with you? Yeah. It, remember we were in an airport and there was oh, all the yeah. Star Wars. We, where we, were we? <laughs> we stepped out of the airport. I feel like we were with your parents, yeah, weren't it, we? Did we go to, was that in Florida? No. No, that wasn't in We Fl- were with my parents though. We literally, yeah, we stepped out of the airport and they had like all the Star Wars characters out <laughs> and about and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty awesome it was cool they're very <laughs> legit normally i hate may the 4th just because all over social media you see may the 4th be with you may what the about 4th the justin timberlake it's gonna be it's gonna be may it's gonna be it's gonna be may remember his song no i don't the, it's gonna be me you can't deny what? <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking I about? I have. I literally okay, have well, no idea. Okay, well, I guess idea. I'm just like putting this together in my brain of what I think it is. Okay. So there's a meme of Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and he was part of NSYNC, correct? Yeah. And they have this song called It's Gonna Be Me, and mm-hmm. so people say it's gonna be May. Oh. Like it's gonna be May. It's a play like on Like it's words. going to. Yes. So that meme I see a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on other news, so today when you guys are listening, we record these things a little earlier, right? Just that's how these things go. But today for you guys listening, it's May 7th if you're listening on the day that this is coming out. So a couple things about this day, National Day is a little weird because some of them are just, I don't know, National Packaging Design Day. No idea what that means. I mean, I can click and read it, but I think it's better to be uh, to just think about, I don't know, pack, just packaging design. I have no idea. National Paste Up Day. So I looked at what this is, mm. and before computers and all this technology, this was to celebrate those people that had to put together all the like paper. Yeah, they have to like, piece it together and then copy it and then print it. Oh, yeah, all the uh, publications and everything that came out in paper and hard copies. That. I respect right? that. National Barrier Awareness Day. It's also National Roast the Leg of Lamb Day. I don't like that one at all. Yeah, I bet you don't. And then National <laughs> Day of Prayer, uh, National Day of Reason, and World Password Day. Uh, note to self, do not make the password 
password. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) No, but I don't know. It's just, we're, you know, just trying to keep up with the times here. Staying inside the house is a little bit difficult. It's starting to get nice in Michigan finally. So today we can go, we went for a walk. It was really nice. 52 degrees. Yeah, maybe even warmer than that. And what I do now on all my days off, especially I try to grill as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And now that it's nice outside, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable. I, I, I season my steak that I'm going to make, uh, and it's going to be awesome. And what do you, Nicole, what is the number one thing that you have to have when you're grilling? What is the number one thing? The number one thing? If you're, if you're the person grilling and you're at the grill, aside, aside from a spatula, what has to be in your left hand? Um, a spatula and people listening barbecue in, sauce? No, people listening in the car, they know exactly what I'm talking about or at their house. In your left hand. What, what is the go-to? A guy is over there grilling or oh, a girl. a beer. A beer, yes. And I'm so excited. I'm having a beer right now, but when I'm grilling, I'm going to have a beer in my left hand, a spatula in my right hand, and I'm just going to be looking at the food going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you enjoy grilling so much. It is a fun time. And I put that grill together myself and it's like my little baby and I have like two tanks over there. So if I run out, I got to back up and you know how much I like that grill. Yeah, he does love it. That's how you just get him. All you have to do to make Victor in a good mood is let him grill and have a beer. If you mention either one of those things, his face lights up and... He's no longer mad at you. Yeah, and then Nicole, she does a great job because she just leaves me alone in the back by the grill. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and I cut the music on back there by myself and just, you know, it's a good zen, I think is what it is. It's a good zen, clearing. The only thing is, and this is funny though, because this is, this is where I get off on my little, you know, sidebars mm-hmm. of things. When I was growing up, you know how you go to the parties and stuff like those grilling parties or whatever, or birthdays or whatever? Yeah. And there's always that one guy on the grill and he's cooking all the burgers, mm-hmm. all the hot dogs. And then he has his other guy friends or other guys just standing around all drinking beers and yeah. they're watching him grill and being like, oh, that looks good. Oh, yeah, you got to flip that. <laughs> I always thought that was so weird growing <laughs> yeah. up. I'm like, what? That seems boring. <laughs> like, why is he just standing there? Like, I would hate to do that. And now I'm like, I'm definitely going to be that dad. Like, or that person at the party. Oh, you need somebody? Oh, I got it. I got my apron in the car. You know, I got my own spatula. I got it all set up. I, I had it ready just in case. And then I have my own little cooler. And it's like, as long as I got my beer, I'll make sure all the food is good. I can definitely see you doing that. <laughs> For sure. You've already done it at the campground before. Yeah. and I, I, On the big skillet. Yeah. And I enjoy doing that because also there, there's a, there is some stress that comes along with it, which is everybody's criticism if... You maybe cook something too much if you slightly burn something. If, oh, this is undercooked. Do you enjoy the stress of, it's kind of like stress, but it's like a kind of a good stress of doing multitasking a bunch of things on the grill and handling it all and moving things around. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I feel like you would really like that pressure of, okay, let's cook eggs, bacon, hash browns, everything on this giant skillet and let's like make them all perfect and pancakes and time it out. (laughs) Or even on the grill, I got to put some things up high. I got to put some things low. Some burners on the left are lower. Some burners on the right are higher. You're very particular in what you do. So you would, that's something that you would love to do. And there's something about the pressure of things. Right, mm-hmm. like for example, when we're when we when we bowl with all the old people, we bowl with old right? people, Victor. That's kind of <laughs> rude. Well, we're the youngest ones over there, right? So when we when we bowl in our league, right? Yeah. 
when it's down to the last frame and we have to get at least 12 <laughs> points to win that that game yeah. and you know whatever you panic you're like oh my god absolutely i don't want to be under this pressure blah blah, blah. i don't like it and i enjoy it on the other yeah. i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get this for i the need win. to learn that mindset and i asked you the other day like what you do because <laughs> I, I just like need that because when everyone's counting on me i kind of just crack <laughs> and i like to be underestimated and come from nowhere but i can't do that under pressure well the i think the biggest goal to be able to do that to have that confidence to do something mm-hmm. is knowing that the other side of it, the failure of it is not that bad. Okay. Right? Because if you if you put yourself in a position to where you have the possibility of failing, I mean, yeah, that can happen, right? You're not going to win every mm-hmm. time. But if you're able to go and like, all right, you know, I lost that time, I'll get it the next time, mm-hmm. and you keep taking those shots, then you'll it'll be and it's happened to me throughout my life in all sports and everything. Yeah, there's a bunch of crappy moments, but you remember that moment where you made that shot, you know, or you did For sure. that thing and you're like, "Oh, this feels awesome." And as like a high schooler, I was very good at all the sports, you know, got all the awards, and I didn't have the um like I didn't have the thought process in my head like, oh, I'm not going to be able to hit the ball or exactly. I'm not going to make this basket or it was all like for sure I can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was the bunter and I never stressed like, oh my God, what if I miss the bunt? Like I never missed the that bunt. three point shot. Yeah. Like it, it's just weird. It, it's weird how as you get older, you kind of start to doubt yourself but you would think you'd be wiser and know like, <laughs> how to get around that, but it's complete opposite for me. Yeah, and uh, the wiser part, like I know now, like if I play, and it's been a while since I've played soccer, but mm-hmm. I know now I might not be the fastest on the field like I used to be, but at that time my head was going a million miles a minute, mm-hmm. and now I can slow it down a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. anyway, we digress. <laughs> we took this in a whole other path. But we have a fun guest today. Uh, you may have seen her on The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, Demi Burnett. We're excited to have her. Mm-hmm. So we hope you guys enjoy. It's going to be a fun one. Hello. Hey, Demi. Hey, Demi Lovato. Hi. I mean, uh, Demi Burnett, not Lovato. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How it's- are you? Oh, I'm doing okay, you know. Just kind of starting my day a little late. Yeah, we, we do that sometimes too. I actually, I, I totally relate because I do mm-hmm. that all the time because I work until like three or later in the morning, sometimes to like six. <laughs> and so I always sleep in and it's definitely a really good feeling. Yeah. Why are you why are you working so late at night? Uh I work I'm a Michigan State trooper. So my I do twelve hour shifts from three to three and then sometimes we get held over if something pops off at night. So so a trooper is a cop. Is that is that does everyone know that? Because sometimes when you say trooper, I feel like it's confusing. Okay. Uh state police. <laughs> Michigan State Police. Yeah, there, there you go. go. I didn't know that about you. That's really cool. Keeping Michigan safe. I like it. Yep, yep, yep. I, I tell Nicole every time I leave the house, I'm off to save the world. <laughs> yes, and, then, he does. and then she just kind of <laughs> chuckles because she knows, you know, when traffic's up at a time, right? <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much, uh, Demi, for being on Coco Caliente Podcast. We really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to be with us here. Uh, so I want to start early in your life, right? So I don't necessarily want to just jump into The Bachelor and everything else that you have going on. I want to go back to you are born in Texas, right? No, um, it's crazy. I was born in Washington State, actually, in Tacoma. And then I only lived there for like three months of my life. I don't 
know anything about it, obviously. And then uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we moved to the D.C. area. And then I moved to Texas around sixth grade. Oh, so we have to fire our assistant now because that's (laughs) the first thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm joking. But I'm in the same boat, right? So (laughs) I was born in uh, Waukegan, Illinois, but my dad was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot. I've never been to Waukegan ever since and just kind of one of those things. Uh, No, but that's funny. Um, so, and you were born in February 19th, which actually February 21st, February 19th yes. to March 20th makes you a Pisces. Okay. Yes, I am a little Pisces, little emotional baby. So I have some, I have some likes and dislikes for Pisces here. And I'm going to ask you if these are, uh, if, if you correlate with these, right. If, if these line up with you. So okay. Pisces like being alone. Uh, yeah, I would say I like a fair amount of alone time, uh, but then I just kind of get like two in my head and I like, I would find that I'm not really happy. I'm just kind of like alone and like, you know, overthinking everything. So I need to like be around people to kind of get me out of that. Okay. I, I totally relate to that too. <laughs> like past, I have a rule where I'm not supposed to text Victor past like 10 PM because I've been like by myself over, if he's at work, like I'm by myself, I'm overthinking things and just like nothing good comes from that. So. Oh yeah. It, it, <laughs> right. I totally relate. Yeah. It turns into a long night. It also says that you would like sleeping, music, romance, and swimming. Um, I definitely like sleeping, but I mean, I don't know. I don't like nap a lot or anything. I actually have like super bad sleep paralysis. So every time that I try to take a nap, I have to go through this whole episode of like being stuck in my sleep and I can't wake myself up and it's kind of traumatizing. It's really annoying. Explain what sleep paralysis is. Uh, I obviously know what it is, but Nicole doesn't know. So if you can explain it to to her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well. Sleep paralysis. I actually did like a speech project on this, so I'm very informed. Um, It's whenever your body is in REM sleep. And so whenever you go into REM sleep, your brain shuts down all your muscles so you don't like get up and act out your dreams and stuff. Mm -hmm. But so like your body's in REM sleep, your mind is there. But then you're consciously like, you know what's going on. You know you're asleep. You're like awake. It's like this crazy thing that happens. And but you can't move your body because you're asleep and you can't like open your eyes. You can't do anything. And so like to get out of it, And like, there's a lot of people who get like night terrors from it and they see really scary stuff. And that used to happen to me, but I've had it for so long that now I know it's all fake and I'm just like annoyed. And I'm like, okay, I just got to wake myself up. And so I have to like sit there and try to force my eyeballs open. Like, you know, I like count to three and I'm like, all right, I'm three. You're going to open our eyes. And they feel like they're 500 million pounds. And then you finally get out of it. You finally wake up and you're just exhausted. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going back to sleep again. Oh, so that doesn't, ha- it only happens with naps for you? Yeah, sometimes it happens like in the morning if I like, you know, wake up and mm-hmm. then I kind of go back to sleep, it'll happen. Um, but typically not like overnight. It's usually just in the morning or if I try to take a nap. So like if you are going through this, would it help if somebody like knew you were going through this and woke you up? Would that wake your body up faster? Like if they gave you like a nudge or... Or would you still be going through it? You know, I don't know because every time it happens and I'm next to somebody, I'm like, oh my God, all I wanted you to do was wake me up. And they're like, you look like you were sleeping peacefully. Okay. So they can't (laughs) see your eyes. I was wondering if they could like see, you know, your eyes under your eyelids kind of moving. Well, the thing is. Give you a nudge because I feel like I would come up with something like, Vic, if you see this, like. Well, okay. So to be clear for anybody listening, Mm -hmm. our REM sleep is rapid eye movement, right? And that's when you're dreaming as well. So ideally, if somebody, if you see somebody, 
somebody like that, you would think they're just in a deep sleep right. and they're dreaming, right? Yeah. And so you wouldn't want to wake them up from oh, that. Oh, that sounds so terrible. Unless in your case, you know maybe something's going on, but like at the same time, you don't want to wake them up every time they're sleeping just because they may or may not be dreaming or mm-hmm. sleep paralyzed. <laughs> Right. I guess you're right. You're right. That is kind of bizarre. Have, uh, have you ever been in like lucid dreams? Um. So I don't really know. Um. You know, they say like whenever you lucid dream, you see yourself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so one time that has happened to me, I remember I was like looking at my body and I was like balled up in a corner and I was like, all right, body, like, I'll be back. I got to go for a little bit, but I won't be long like in my dream. And I woke up and it was so weird because I remember like touching my own face. And it was like, you know, whenever someone touches your face, you feel it on your face, obviously. And I was like touching my own face, but I couldn't feel it touching my face. I could just feel my hand on the face and it was just whack. But I don't know if that was lucid dreaming or just a really, really strange dream. (laughs) That is bizarre because I've heard. So you can, from what I understand, because I've done some research on it because I have like half attempted to do it because it's happened to me before because you basically in lucid dream, you can control what's going on, Mm -hmm. right? You know what's happening. And like if you you could leave your body and you can go fly around and go somewhere that you want to do, you have complete control over the situation and the way to do that is like you know every time you wake up at night or something you have a little notepad next to you and write down what you remember and so when you start seeing these reoccurring things you know you're in a dream and you can control it okay so i I was just curious there's been a few times yeah there's been a few times where i feel like i have been able to control it a little bit like i have a lot of dreams uh like i i dream like every night and it's usually pretty violent like i have a lot of nightmares and stuff Mm -hmm. and lately with my nightmares, I've been able to like, not just, you know, run away from the person trying to get me or like whatever terrible is happening. And then I like wake up, like I can stop the person or I can like, I don't know. It's weird. Like That's they're really, nice. really graphic. Yeah, that you can, like, so I don't stop. Know. At least you can stop it. Cause then it, it's kind of like, well, with my panic attacks, I was having them every single night and it got to be where, all right, I'm just exhausted now. Like, I know I'm not dying. Like, you know, cause I wake up thinking I'm having a heart attack every day and it's like, this is just, exa- it's like, this is exhausting. And so I finally got to the point of where like, I don't care. I'm going back to sleep. And that's like how I got through it. I think because I stopped like feeding into it and like realizing, okay, I can stop this right now if I don't like. Um, let my mind go to thinking I'm dying. So, and and I think it's interesting yeah. what you were saying, Demi, because it always feels like in a dream when you're trying to chase somebody, you're never fast enough, or when you're trying to run away from something or call nine one one. I can't the, like hit it, the it's button. The worst. It's the sl- you're the slowest you've ever been in your life. I've, I've, <laughs> it's it, the worst thing <laughs> ever. Like trying to like fight somebody off, and, and I, the like, punch is not working. Punch. Yes, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I, and that's really like, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to deck this guy's face, and yeah. it's like, why do I have no strength right now? None at all. It's like the most pathetic punch in the world. The other day, though, I did fully beat someone up in my dream. It was awesome. All right. So these are some of your dislikes being a Pisces, and let me know if they're true. You dislike a know-it-all. Dislike what? A know-it-all. A person that's a know-it-all. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's why Nicole hates me. You might hate me too. Sometimes I can be a know-it-all. I, I call him a know-it-all sometimes because he will correct my statements. It's just like, just let it go. Okay, but sometimes, right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's fine, Vic, but not all the time. Okay, well, fair enough. I can, it's just annoying. <laughs> I can concede when I've been beating and uh, you guys both beat me, beat me on that one. Um, so do you dislike being criticized? 
Oh, yeah. It really, really annoys me. But like, I know that it's I'm like, I know this is constructive criticism and I'm going to like value what you're giving to me, but not right now in the moment. <laughs> like, I need to think about this later. And I feel like that's that's like, I feel like for everyone. a lot of people like it's like, oh, yeah, thank you for the criticism. But right now I hate you. And I don't want to. I don't yeah, want to see your face right like now. Um, and then I'm I guess. Like, get out. <laughs> and then cruelty of any kind, which I think that's a broad thing because yeah, nobody likes cruelty. When you're saying this for like a Pisces, I'm thinking, no wonder why this. A lot of this falls into like I'm thinking this is me, but I'm I'm not a Pisces, so it's like. <laughs> what it's are you? A Cancer. Oh well, we're both water signs. Yeah. Well, I always thought, and you tell me your thought on this, Demi, that when people do like horoscopes or palm readings or whatever, they just kind of throw like a cast a wide net and like see what catches. I could relate to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I re- like I could read any. I could like look up a Capricorn like horoscope today, and I'm like, oh, yep, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody can relate. Just to Just relatable everything. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So you said you grew up in Texas. That's where you grew up. Yeah, that's where, like, you know, the adolescence, like the middle school, the high school, the college, all and, that. And so I think this is where you and Nicole relate the most because you're from, like, rural Texas and you consider yourself to be, like, a country girl, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, was in the country. Um, I don't know if I'm a country girl, but I definitely, like, came from the country. <laughs> it's so funny. He read your bio on The Bachelor. Um, it's the funniest thing and, and the most unlike me okay, thing I've see, ever read. So, uh, and I'm very so, disappointed. So he I, goes by facts of like, okay, this is what it says. This is what we're going with. And it's just kind of like, I don't really know if that's like... You know, we'll, we'll see, but... Normally, normally I do my own research. <laughs> I relied on somebody else's research. And it's not bad. There's a lot of good no, information here. No, she's a really here, good researcher. But and that's that what is it a said <laughs> in the bio. And so this it's, is making me really hilarious. frustrated. <laughs> so it gave me, like, a character quality of knowing how to drive a stick shift. Like, that's telling you something about me. <laughs> do you... did So you didn't write your own bio? No, like, it just asked me, like, things that I like to do. And I, like, put a lot of stuff on there and, like, just, you know, I I enjoy doing all of those things. But, like, that's not what I would, you know, like, categorize myself as. Like, I sounded like straight up redneck. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, so do you or do you not drive a stick shift? Uh, Yeah, my first car was a stick shift. So, I do know how to drive one. What car? What was your first car? It was a Mazda Miata, an old school Mazda Miata, and it was baby blue convertible. Oh, yeah. Ooh, nice. It was adorable. <laughs> a little Mazda. So I've been, yeah. so my car, uh, the, the car, well, it caught on fire not too long ago, and that's, a, <laughs> that's another story. But it was a stick shift, and I had it for like almost like 10 years. And Nicole would never drive it, and I would sometimes want to teach her, and she never wanted to learn. So if you can just. I do want to learn. Don't get, get me Nicole, wrong. I just don't want to learn on like the roads. I want to like learn in five. <laughs> Like five acres and just like, you know. How did you learn stick shift, Emmy? Oh, gosh. Honestly, it was a terrible time. My dad was teaching me and he was so frustrated with me. Uh, we were like going around a neighborhood and he was like, you're going to fly through that house. I was like, okay, I'm not going to fly through that house, dad. <laughs> yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's, Victor tried to teach me once and I felt like it's harder to do when someone's like staring down your neck. Absolutely. I feel like I'd be yeah. better by myself. I mean, it was really, really hard. But like, once you learn it, you can never forget it. Like once you get the hang of it, it's so satisfying. Like, just like transitioning into the gears and like getting a smooth one. You're just like, yes. How many times did you stall out before you actually started getting the hang of it? 
Oh, I don't even countless amount of times. <laughs> yeah. Even after I knew how, I stalled out like in the middle of an intersection one time, and I was like, "Oh shit, shit!" <laughs> oh yeah, that's happened to me before plenty of times. I think I, I felt like I really mastered it when I was like at a drive-through that was on a hill, and there was like somebody in front of me and somebody behind me. And I had to like, you know, hold the brake and like oh, just hold yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just that unnecessary stress. That sounds so <laughs> stressful. It's so stressful just trying to keep yourself up going upwards because <laughs> uh-huh. you keep rolling back and you're like, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Let me hit just enough gas to move forward, but not to ram yeah. the person in front just of me. <laughs> revving my little engine. <laughs> 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 That's funny. We all know the frustrations, bottles and bottles of half-used shampoos and conditioners piling up in your bathroom. Each one promised to be everything your hair ever needed, but they lied. You deserve better, so try Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty. <laughs> so Function of Beauty is the internet's top-rated customized hair care brand with over 30,000 five-star customer re- reviews. And it doesn't matter, curly or straight, natural or processed. Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your unique hair style, style preference, and hair goals. So I'll tell you my experience. It is vegan and cruelty-free, which is something that's very important to me. And It doesn't have any sulfates, parabens, phthalates, or however you pronounce that, but it doesn't <laughs> have it. Mineral oils or any other harmful ingredients. Yeah, so you go online, you take a uh, quiz. There's like four four questions. It asks you about what your hair goals are, what type of hair you have. Like mine's fine. Victor's would be coarse and curly and mine's straight. So him and I are, uh, de- ideally should not use the same shampoo and conditioner. Mm-hmm. So then from there I pick what would I like. Is my hair, you know, do I want it to be like deep conditioned? Do I want to hydrate it? Do I want growth, strengthen? I pick my goals there. They formulate it into a special bottle with my name on it. And, and you can even customize it further. You can pick what color it mm-hmm. is. You can pick what fragrance it is. Or you can pick no color. Like dye-free or exactly. fragrance-free if that's something that you want. Honestly, I love Function of Beauty so much, and I've been using it for, I don't know, at least, has it been two years? Yeah, it's been a while. To get yeah. started right now, go to functionofbeauty.com slash coco to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash coco to let them know that we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com forward slash coco, C-O-C-O. So then you went to Texas State University. Um, is it is it mm-hmm. is it true that everything in Texas is bigger? <laughs> Who knows? I think it's like that's just a stigma, you know. Like, they, it, here's the thing: they believe that everything in Texas is bigger, so they make everything in Texas bigger. Okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, that's a fair assessment of the situation. Um, so, what what did you go to school for uh, at Texas State? Um, I was studying biology there and I dropped out like halfway through, maybe, maybe less than halfway through. And what, what did you want to do with your biology degree? I had absolutely no plan. I, <laughs> I didn't know doctor or something. Cause biology degree no. is, that's, t- that's a tough degree to get. I mean, yeah. I just was really interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fascinated by biology, uh, and I wanted to learn more about it mm-hmm. and I was learning a lot in college. So I like kept grinding on it. And then, um, I also was partying a bunch. And then one day I was just like, I can't afford this. I'm not too motivated about this. I'm out of here. So what was the next play after that? What was, uh, you know, I'm going to leave here. And what, what, what was the plan? There was none. Um, it had been a little rocky for a while there. I uh, moved to Austin and I was working at Hooters um, and I worked there for a few months. 
Um, and then after that, I called my parents one day and I was like, hey, um, I want to come home. Like, I'm not doing this life thing very well. Uh, like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not ready for this. And so then I moved home and I spent like, maybe like a year, probably an entire year of my life, just like being really depressed and sad and like in my room and just like feeling like a failure, not knowing what to do with myself. And then my stepmom, uh, one day she was like, Hey, let's go, uh, to Pottery Barn and we'll like pick you out all new bedding and stuff. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And so we're there, we're picking out all this fun stuff. And as we're checking out, she was like, why don't you apply for a job here? And I was like, I don't really want to. And she was like, just come on, just do it. And I was like, okay, fine. So then I applied for this job at Pottery Barn, ended up getting the job. And then I had like, you know, a routine. I had like something to do with my life. And I was so, so, so good at it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was like flying up in the ranks there. And like, I got employee of the month twice. I was made my way to be a design studio specialist, was like the number one part-time sales associate, even though I was working full-time, it was insane. Um, And then I like (laughs) found a lot of like joy back in my life. And like, uh, then I, you know, was making money and I was like, okay, I'm going to still live here with you guys, but I'm going to put myself back into college, like online courses. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and I crushed them. And I'm like, I changed my major to business just so I could have like a business degree. Uh, And then I got on The Bachelor and I was like, okay, I'm done with that for now. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. And that's, you know, and I feel like the, you, not that everybody has to go through something difficult to get to a good spot, Mm -hmm. but definitely going through something difficult puts perspective on what being in a good spot is. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, so, absolutely. It, 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 and, and I've been there, you know, myself, where it's like, man, I'm in a rut right now. Like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. And, and if I look back and think about what four years ago, uh, you know, where I was then and where I am now, it's like, wow, you know? And so that, yeah. that's awesome. I can really respect that, that you were, I mean, calling your parents and saying, hey, basically, I need help. Mm-hmm. That, that has to be the hardest phone call after you left, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's like embarrassing because like I was so rebellious and like, no, like I can do this. I can do all this on my own and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, I can't help. (laughs) I take it back. (laughs) JK, I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That was a funny joke, guys. (laughs) And so when did you, how how did, how did even The Bachelor come into your, you know, into your field of sight? Like what was that, you know, applying for that? Um, It was just like me and my friend were watching it one night and I was just like, huh, I'm going to apply to be on The Bachelor and like never really thought anything of it, never thought anything would come of it. Uh, and I like talked to like some of my coworkers like uh, and they had said, no, you should wait till you're like 25 to go on. You're too young to do it right now because I was 23. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. 25 would be better. Um, and then one day I got the call while I was at work and I was like, you guys won't believe that. Just <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's happening. I was like, I'm doing it. What, what is the, like, so did you figure like you had to prepare some sort to go on to that show? You know what I mean? Cause from what I heard, like these, you know, some of these girls spend like thousands and thousands of dollars on dresses and all this stuff and like mm-hmm. having to pack and it's like, Oh, I'm going to be on TV. Like I, I want to make sure like I'm prim and prime and like ready to go. Like, did you like prepare somehow for all that? Um, I probably was the least prepared person there. (laughs) I like didn't have any money. I didn't have any like cute designer clothes. Like I took my last paycheck that I got 
And I spent all of it on stuff for the show. And I would go like to Dillard's online and I went to like the clearance section and I would just buy everything on there because it was so cheap because it was like I started doing that uh, in, I guess, when we start filming, it was in September. So it was like the end of summer sale. Mm -hmm. So I just like racked up on all these swimsuits. Um, but I definitely ran out of clothes and I had to borrow clothes a lot. And most of my clothes, I was like, wow, these girls have like the nicest stuff. I feel like so poor. <laughs> <laughs> and also like mentally preparing, like, you know, I didn't at all. I, like all, the only thing that I guess I could say I prepared in a way was I just made sure that I was going to stand out. I was like, just go balls to the wall and don't care what anyone thinks and just like have fun with it and just show like a fun personality because then no one will forget that. So going on, and you you knew Colton was a bachelor. Yeah, um, I at first like I don't know. I was kind of like I hate to say like I was bummed about it, but I kind of was. Who did you? Uh, who did you want in someone else? Yeah, I just wanted it to be anyone else. I think like at the time. <laughs> no, no, I love I love Colton. He's a great guy. Yeah. but I think at the time it was probably like this guy Jason was like the hot commodity, and I think that I wanted it to be him. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes so sense. when you apply, you don't know who The Bachelor is yet, right? Or you do? Right. Okay. You, I didn't know until a week before I left. Oh, okay. That's so interesting and, that you like si- that people yeah. are signing up, but you don't know who you're going to be like signing up to potentially date. But either way, it could be the love of your life. You don't know. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a waiting game for yeah, you guess, and for them. Like- yeah, it's kind of like who is really there for the right reasons if none of us even know who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and and I always have this back and forth with Nicole sometimes. I mean, depending on the circumstances, I'm like, are they there for the right reasons, right? Are they just there for social media or are they just there to actually find somebody that they can fall in love with? And like sometimes I, I feel like... there to be on TV. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. And well, sometimes people do fall in love and that, or that's the thing. a lot You're of people are it. like, I didn't think I would love him or fall in love like this, but it's like, okay, well, what did you think? At least it works <laughs> a little bit, you know, at least like someone did fall in love, but the whole scenario to me is just, it's insane. Yeah, it is pretty nuts. I mean, it's like, it's an opportunity, like, you know, it, I mean, it changed my life completely. So that's really cool. It, you know, you make a lot of good friends. It, you are open to the, the idea of falling in love with someone. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, oh, cool. We can go on TV and maybe fall in love. Maybe not. But either way, we're going to be on TV. Yeah, no, definitely. And were you, you were a fan of Big Brother or no? Is that right? You're like oh, Nicole, I love Big Brother. That was my life. Like I was obsessed. I still am. I just like didn't really love the last season that much. Um, but yeah, I've seen you guys, you, like Nicole, I rave about you all the time. I was just telling my boyfriend about you and I couldn't shut up. <laughs> well, did you ever apply for big brother? No, I never did. I don't think I would do well in the environment because mm. I, um, I don't know. I'm just a little psycho and I would be so paranoid and <laughs> I don't know if I could like control my emotions and you know i just feel like i'd go out really quickly the the level of paranoia in that game is something i've never experienced in my life like somebody in front of like across the way can be talking to somebody and they could be talking about i mean what they ate for breakfast right and in your mind you're like oh they are scheming uh-huh. <laughs> like they are out to get me yeah they're talking about me right now and i gotta go talk to them later befriend them and see what's going on so i can figure out what's happening 
I gotta go do damage control. <laughs> exactly for for for, <laughs> for no good reason. It's like even being quiet though. If you're quiet, it's so weird because being quiet, it's like then you're technically a floater and and people want to go after you. Or if you're like going too hard, people want to go after you. It's so it's such a different. Um, it's a strategy game, but it's very it changes because since I played twice. It's just like what, there's no real right strategy. So you could do really good, Demi. Like you would have been Aww. very fun to watch. Your diary rooms <laughs> would have been pure gold. Like definitely. I would have had a heyday. <laughs> yes, you can just let loose and say whatever you want. That is that would be so. Fun. I need. I need to know, Nicole, like, what was personally, like, your proudest moment? Like, obviously, besides winning, I can't even imagine what that felt like. But, like, what, do you have a moment where you're like, yeah, like, you felt, like, super badass in power, just, like, anything? Um, I, that, uh, I'm sure there is something. I thought it was really good the week where I, in 18, well, first of all, first off, I was just so happy to get on the first time, and I kind of just, like, took it as an experience and didn't try to win. And I was really mad at myself for that. But then when I got a second chance, I was like, okay, I have to do well this time. I have like more to lose, I feel like. And so the week, I think when Michelle was just kind of like hating on me all season, calling me a snake. And that freak. <laughs> <laughs> saying like, I didn't like, uh, I don't know. What was she saying? Like I wasn't uh, doing anything. Well, when I won HOH, one veto, and then I was a deciding vote for her to go home. It just felt so good because I wanted to get her out for so many weeks. And I had to just like sit on it and sit on it. And finally, um, the op- the op- I got to say like, so see, oh, so satisfying. And then to hear in jury round table, um, Dr. Will's like, um, my, Michelle was arguing that Nicole didn't do anything. And it's just like, or so you're out here, though, because of Nicole, right? And she's just like, yes. <laughs> so that was satisfying, too. Just like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes being patient is just what you have to do, and then you finally get your chance. But um, as far as feeling like a badass, not, I mean. just That, that is a badass But moment. just like. When, that is so badass, yeah. getting out this person who's been nagging you the whole time. She was driving me nuts. Yeah. And I was like, what is your deal against Nicole? She's the sweetest little bean. She hasn't done anything. Well, the story is, is in casting and they knew, I guess I didn't know, I didn't know this till after, but she like went into her interview. She's from Michigan also saying like how she doesn't like me, how she's going to be like Nicole 2.0. And then they throw me in there with her. So it was just kind of like doomed <laughs> from the start. And I didn't know. And so like, I tried to be friends with her and she was like my fake friend for a couple weeks. And then finally it was just like, Something got to her. It popped off. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too, though. Whenever I was watching it, I was like, what happened? What changed? Like, why did she all of a sudden just start hating Nicole? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Uh, there was not like one thing that I did, or I always told her the truth, and then bam. But have you guys ever talked since? No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. She's just someone that. I think it's good to like not communicate with because she might like twist things or um, I don't feel bad because I didn't do anything. I feel like if anything, she could apologize to me for, you know, I mean, they still those girls, some of the girls still tweet about me randomly and I just like ignore it. I'm like, I'm not going to entertain this for your like, I think they just want attention. So if they can like come to me and text me or call me and talk to me about it that's fine but if they are gonna tweet for attention i'm not gonna that's like i'd say the most that they do is tweet stuff like for a year after the show michelle was tweeting photos and 
on Instagram like of snakes and be like, I'm here with Nicole, you know, for a year. I'm just like, Oh my oh. God. <laughs> yeah. Get over it. <laughs> so I would just kind of chuckle. Cause I'm like, man, I take up a lot of space in their brains for no reason, but <laughs> literally like, <laughs> yeah. you, you did absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and like so mature of you, like, you know, to continue like not doing anything, just being like, whatever, dude. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> do, do you uh, watch any other like realities, like maybe like survivor or something like that or the race or. Um, I dabbled in survivor for a bit. I watched a few seasons. I really liked it. Um, and then I watched a bunch of stupid, like, you know, reality, like trash reality, love shows, like Love Island, Temptation Island. Trash reality. I, love- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> that's what it is. I love, love a good trashy reality show. I watched I love, love Island, whatever. too. Love Island was, it was pretty good. It was better than I thought. i obsessed with it. Um, I watched season four. Like, that was the first season I saw, and it was so good. Then I watched season um, five and I was like, okay, still pretty good. Then now I'm back and I'm starting season three. Oh, nice. Oh, so you watch like the UK version? Oh yeah. Okay, I've only I, it's seen way the, better. I oh, heard. okay, I've only seen um the US version. So oh, um, wow. the first was it good. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like I thought it was going to be trashy, but it wasn't. <laughs> like as in like people <laughs> just like in bikinis and making out and stealing each other's boyfriends and girlfriends. I was just like. Okay, that's what I expected, but it was so clean. I was like, wow. It's so hard, though, because it's like, they are very clean. They have, like, a lot of rules. I looked them up, but it's so hard because whenever you're watching it and you're watching all these people in relationships and, like, watching people get screwed over and everything, you're like, wow, I'm so thankful for the relationship I'm in. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you know, some, like, girl will do something and, like, you know, all these guys are, like, talking about how that's, like, annoying or whatever, and I'm like, Huh, I, I think I've probably done that before. Like, am, am I really annoying? And then I get really insecure and I'm like, good God, I have to stop watching this. Yeah. No, those, sh- those shows, have you watched, um, what was it? Love, Ma- is- Love is Blind. Did you watch that one? Oh, yeah, I watched that one. And I felt like it was like kind of good, but I didn't like really love it because I don't know why. It was just, it was okay. I thought it, there, it was okay to me. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely like a lot of the time with those shows, like, I get a little bored with it and I like Mm -hmm. find myself like I want to watch a show where I don't want to get on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Those I kind of like, you know, I'd find myself getting distracted easily. So I was just like, eh, who cares what's going on? Yeah. I think I just wanted to like go get to the end to see who said like I do and who, who left someone at the altar. Like, I think that's what I was like most curious about because it was a lot of like repetitive stuff. What, what I can help. uh, what I can help with some is uh, maybe docu-series. That's a good avenue. Or documentaries. Those never get boring. But I, I love a good documentary. Give me some good ones. Well, well okay. Victor's a documentary. I, I am a documentary fiend. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the, the, most rec- <laughs> the one that I've been watching recently is uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan, uh, The Last Dance. Uh, it's been coming out on TV. Uh, they have it on uh, – I've, I've been watching it on YouTube TV. Um, it's – it's really good. Basically, Michael Jordan had his run. You know, they got all the rings. And the 1997-1998 season, a film crew was given access to Jordan and the Bulls. And they recorded that whole season, but it was never released until now. And then so... Whoa. Yes. And so they're talking with... And they'll have, like, up-to-date, like, today interviews with, like, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, uh, Phil Jackson, the coach. And, and, and they kind of go through the whole story and how everything happened. And they have all this behind-the-scene footage. And it's really amazing. Um, wow. 
Yeah, it's really next level I feel like stuff. I would get so into that. Like, I love getting into things that I'm typically not into. Like, I don't really care about, like, I mean, not that I don't care, but I don't really think about Michael Jordan that much. I'm just like, yeah, Michael Jordan was awesome. That's really all I know. Yeah. Uh, but I love whenever, like, I learn something new and, like, learn about, you know, like, he's a huge part in, like, basketball history, like, I love to dive into that bag and just like have a whole new appreciation for it all. Oh, you'll get so sucked in. And I like I like uh, documentaries and series that really bring out a bunch of old footage and they kind of like do a bunch of like compilation stuff with it where it's like hitting you in all different avenues with information and like little flashbacks and stuff. And that does a really good job. Another one, if you really do like some history stuff, CNN, <laughs> CNN released a, uh, a, like a plethora of like, they did like the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. And within each of those seasons, like, let's say the 70s, they have like a bunch of different episodes of the big things that happened in that era. And it has a bunch of stuff that's like awesome i mean and it's, victor was, victor was gonna be that. a history teacher so he's like <laughs> loves but history. have you ever um have you ever watched uh drunk history i have i have watched a little bit of drunk history it's different what do you- i mean i don't know they, they tell good stories uh but i like as much as a I guess as much as uh, as much as an audio learner as I am, I do like the visuals a lot. Um, and so, like for example, CNN has all this footage from all these years back from all the news releases that they did, right? So they hit you with all the news mm-hmm. coverage that people are doing and everything that was happening at the time. And so, I really enjoy the visuals of it. I, I don't think Drunk History really gives me as much as I like. I don't know. Yeah, because like Drunk History, they kind of do it in a way where it's like. Uh, you know, the modern day world can interpret it and like understand it better. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes it does get a little bit too jokey and I'm like, I kind of want to know what they actually said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like, you know, the way that you're phrasing it. Cause I know that's not what they said. I need to know what actually went down like in detail. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, but I like just getting the gist of it. Like, it, cause I do like, I learn a bunch of cool shit. I love learning new shit and I love like telling people about this new crazy thing that I learned. Yeah, and Nicole, she I mean, she gets so much of that that, you know, she kind of just sometimes she'll roll her eyes. But she does get a lot of good information, (laughs) especially like the news that's happening in the world. Like, hey, did you know this is happening? (laughs) I do like I do like when he informs me, but sometimes it's like so much and it's like I'm trying to do something. I mean, I totally get it. I get it. It's like I know nobody wants to hear what I have to say, but I have to say it anyway. And I do it to him too, but I feel like it's just it's stuff that he doesn't care about either. So it's just like we've gotten really good at just sitting there. (laughs) I watched uh so there I'm like quarantined in this in my or not my house, in my boyfriend's house with like it's his mom's house and so the whole family's here and his older sister has a little two year old and so we were watching the new Dumbo the other day and there was this quote and it's like stuck with me so much. I'm just so ready to use it against somebody. (laughs) And it's like, if they don't have interest, they don't deserve to know. And I'm just like, yeah, so true. Like if I keep on repeating myself and nobody's listening, like fine, you don't deserve to know. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's actually really good. I like that too. Yeah. That, that is actually really good. I, I got to use that more often because some, I mean, new ammo. (laughs) Yeah. And it maybe maybe not even as ammo, maybe just like note to self, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can like relax. So I can like stop trying to shove information down people's throats that they don't want. Yeah. Cause I I mean, there, I'd say 90% of the times I have some information on whatever topic that's being said and maybe I talk less and 
<laughs> do myself a favor and everybody else a favor that's not wanting to listen anyway. So yeah, and a lot of the time too, like something that I like want to share with somebody, and they're like, you know, you can tell they're like not interested in it in the moment, and I'm like, no, you have to listen to this, you have to do this, and then they're like, no, like you know, hesitant to it, and then later on, you know, a few weeks, few days, something goes by, and they all of a sudden, like, they're interested in it. And now I'm like, this is the time. Now I get to have my moment of sharing everything I know about this. Yeah, because it's not as fun to tell someone something if they're not, like, excited to hear it, for sure. Exactly. But, like, Mm -hmm. if they find it on their own, they find this interest in it on their own, and then we get to share about it, it's, like, way better. Well, this happens to me a lot with Nicole when I'm trying to show her how to do something that's not relevant to what is happening right now. So she doesn't need this information now. And then later down the line, she's like, hey, can you help me do this? And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I just feel overwhelmed sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, hey, do you know how to use this feature on your camera? It's like, I could care less right now because I have like 10 deadlines to meet, okay? <laughs> Show me later. And then two days of, in two days, I'll be like, shoot, how do I do that on my camera? <laughs> you know? oh, yes, I can totally relate to that I'm the same way. I'm like, I know that you were trying to tell me, but now I need to know. <laughs> yes. So, no, but I can I can understand that too. Um, so then go back to your, your kind of story. So you, you did The Bachelor. Uh, and then you went through everything that you went through on The Bachelor there, and then you did Bachelor in Paradise. You got engaged, you got separated. But then how did you come to meet uh, Slater? So I met Slater through my friend Katie, um, and it was really unexpected. Um, I was, like, actually, like, talking to somebody else at the time, and then I met him, and I just, I don't know. I've never... I've never met anyone like him. He's like really, really special. And like anyone who meets him, like you just fall in love with him. He just has this amazing energy about him and he makes everybody laugh and he's like infectious and you just like want to be in a good mood around him because he's just so like joyful. And, uh, I like, you know, spent some time with him and I was like really into this person I was talking to. And it was like crazy and I guess like pretty messed up, but I was just like, after spending time with Slater, I was like, this is it. Like, Mm-hmm. I've never felt this way about somebody. And, you know, whenever people are really hot, you always are really skeptical. And, like, you you think that something could go really wrong. They could hurt you. Like, you know, this guy's like a playboy. Like, sure. he's going to play me. He's a player. Mm-hmm. Like, all these things. And he just isn't at all. Like, he is so loving. And he, uh, like, I've had a lot of, like, uh, relationships with people. Not necessarily, like, official relationships, but just, like, mm-hmm. relationships with other like men and women where, you know, you feel either I feel like I have like all the power and like they're kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how to put it, but they just would like do whatever I say or vice versa. Like, I feel like I'm chasing this person mm-hmm. and I like can't fully get them and it's uncomfortable and I'm going crazy. And with Slater, it's like so mutual. Like, we both, like, he said, like, he usually, like, gets really annoyed with people. And, like, he doesn't get annoyed with me. And I'm, like, same. I mean, granted, I, I do get annoyed with him sometimes. But not, <laughs> in the sense of, not in the sense of, like, I'm so annoyed. I don't want to, like, yeah. you know, be with you anymore. Like, everything you do is driving me crazy. Like, no. It's just, it's, it just feels really, really mutual. Like, we're on the same level. And um, I don't know. And he's just a really special person. And I'm obsessed with him. And. I haven't never been this way in my life. Like I've never been this way this long with somebody and I've never felt like whenever I need 
you know, I'm being needy and I'm like, I just need like words of affirmation. Like, I just need you to just tell me something sweet and whatever. He doesn't just be like, okay, yeah, I love you. You're great. He like makes me feel so special in that moment. And I'm like, thank you. I just needed that. That's it. Wow. That sounds like you found your person. That does. (laughs) I know. Right. It's crazy. Like I can't imagine life without him now. Like Mm -hmm. it's so weird. And so he's a, he's a musician. And I've always pictured somebody in a relationship with a musician to where he's always just, you know, standing next to you with one knee up with the guitar. (laughs) Hey, with the beautiful eyes, you know, or some sweet serenade or something. Is that is that kind of accurate or am I just imagining things? (laughs) That's so funny. Um, No, he's like kind of like punk pop. Uh, and he definitely like serenades me, but he's like not one knee up with a guitar. He's like, <laughs> he's bebopping around the room, like dancing crazy, and then like looking at me and like shaking his head and like sticking his tongue out, being all crazy. Uh, he, he, that's really funny, though. I would picture that as well. Though he's like he's very, very energetic, like very high energy, and very, very funny. God, he's so funny. And the fact that you're able to quarantine with him and his family and you're still super in love with him, that's such a good sign. Oh, yeah. Wait, before. Yeah. How is that? So did had you met his family or had, had a close relationship with his family before uh, the quarantine? Um, so I met his family the very first day that we met. Uh, we came b- back to his mom's house and because like she has this big, huge, nice house in Calabasas. So we came back here. I met his mom, met his whole family, met all the siblings and whatnot. Um, and we would come over here occasionally. Like most of the time we would be at my apartment, but you know, we would come back and forth here. Uh, but I wasn't like super, super close with them. And I definitely felt like, you know, I was kind of out of place. I'm just like, this isn't my house. I'm from the South, you know, where you were like really, really respectful of everything. And you're very cautious and very mannerly and all these things. And so I was, you know, kind of uncomfortable at first, but as time has gone on, it's so nice to just be able to, like, I've completely, you know, uh, like meshed with the whole family. Like, I feel like they're my family now. Uh, I get along with everybody here. I can hang out with anyone that's here. They're not, there's no like strictness or rules or anything like what I'm used to growing up with. It's just like, do whatever you want. Uh, just respect, you know, mm-hmm. like natural things, like don't go destroy anything, right. but everything's very lax here. Everyone's so nice. Uh, I love hanging out with absolutely anyone. I feel so loved by them too. And very included. Like I've never had like one insecurity about what his family thinks of me or anything. I know that like they adore me as much as I adore them. So you know you're close with them when you can wake up with bedhead, morning breath, and PJs and still go out into a public area in the house. So are you there yet? Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've been there for a while now. It's been like I, we've been here for probably like seven or eight weeks, and like yeah, for the past like month, I've just been waking up every morning, walking out there, and I'm like, sup, freaks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so now, so you you just came out with a podcast, what freaking two days ago, right? Uh, April 29th on Wednesday. Yeah. Big Demi Energy, and uh, your yes. first guests on there was Ashley I and Jared. Uh, we had them on our show as well. How was that? How 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 did this even come about having your own podcast um i've been like wanting to do a podcast because i think it's just really fun and people want to listen to it and like right now during this time especially like nobody really has anything to do so it's like a perfect time i feel like 
um, it's really like pretty intimidating. At first I was like really <laughs> scared. It made me really anxious. And I was like, oh, uh, like this is like, what if this isn't good enough? You know, like what if I'm not giving the people what they want? What if I'm not being as entertaining as they expect me to be? And what if the conversations I'm having and the interviews I'm doing aren't that interesting? Like all these insecurities started coming into my head. But as I'm doing it more and more, it's getting more natural. I'm getting more comfortable, getting more confident with it. And I think it's just going to like get better and better. Oh, for and sure. So now I'm excited about it. At first I was so nervous. I was like not excited. And I was like dreading it. I was like, oh my gosh, like ugh, I have to do an interview today. Like I'm freaking out. Like what if I screw it up? What if I say something stupid? All these things. And now I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do an interview today. I can't wait. This is going to be so exciting. I totally relate to that because I feel like that's still me. And thankfully I have Victor as a co-host because he's like my crush. I'm like, just talk, Vic, just talk. He just, everyone loves him. He's so easy to get along with. And I'm more, I'm an introvert. I'm kind of like shy and I mean, I can be goofy and stuff, but I never, I'm so afraid to like offend people. And I feel like with the social media and stuff now, it's just made me like, kind of like, um, Apprehensive. get back into my, like, yeah, I'm like hiding in a shell sometimes. Cause I'm just like, it's hard and I wish um, it wasn't like that and I need to be better and I need to open up. And I mean, if I've done interviews by myself before and when I got to do it, I do it. But um, it's just, it is stressful, especially when someone is like, when I'm interviewing someone that I'm intimidated by, you know, by their success or something, yeah. you know, it's like, God, these aren't just like, I don't know. It's If I'm interviewing my mom, I'm like, this is so easy. <laughs> but if I'm yeah. interviewing someone, you know, that I don't really know in real life, it's, it's scary, but I totally relate to that. And like, especially whenever you're starting off with a podcast and you're interviewing people that have had a podcast for so long, mm -hmm. you're like, Oh God, they're going to think that I'm an idiot at this. And they're going to be like, yeah, our podcast is never going to be good. You know, it's just <laughs> a cynical thing. Um, but yeah. And I think that too, like after you get that like taste of like fame and like, you know, before the bachelor and during whenever I was filming it, like I didn't care about anything I said, I was really, really open to saying whatever came to my mind. Mm -hmm. But then after I, whenever you get criticized and like, you know, you do offend people mm -hmm. and you get like hate and all this stuff, you try to like filter yourself more and be more PC and all these things. And then I feel like I can't say anything that I'm really thinking. Right. Uh, because I don't want to get hate and I don't want to uh, like mm -hmm. hurt people's feelings or make people uncomfortable and all these things. So then it's like this constant filtering of myself and I have to like get over that. Yeah. And just be like, it's Look, hard. Do what I, want. I yeah. know I'm not malicious, but it's, right. yeah, it's hard. And, and yeah, it, the thing is, is like when I, if I hurt someone's feelings, it's completely like unintentional or, people might twist my words or something. Um, but yeah, it's never like, I'm just like being mean. And so that's why I think it's like hurtful. It's like, cause I'm, I'm not trying to do that. So, uh, I need to definitely open back up for sure. And I'm going to start listening to your podcast cause you have the best personality and I will start like pretending I'm Demi when I'm doing podcasts. Like what would, De what would Demi say? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Big Demi energy. It's like, mm -hmm. I want, I want it to just be more like true to who we are. Say what we want. N don't do it with malice. Do it with like, mm -hmm. you know, just giving an opinion and stop caring so much about what other people think of it. Cause I know that I'm not doing anything intentional to hurt somebody. I know that I'm just freely speaking and that's okay. And if I do mess up and say something, it's like, okay, I'm sorry like that I offended you truly deeply yes. apologetic about that. But 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that affect me the next time I speak. And then I just have kind of like one more question. So as far as how, how do you feel about social media? Like it's, you're definitely, it's, it's, um, created so many opportunities for you. And what is your opinion and your take on social media? I'm definitely grateful for social media mm-hmm. and it, it has changed my life entirely. And I, like you said, I have a lot of opportunities I got from it mm-hmm. and it's changed my entire life. Um, but I wish that as everyone does, it wasn't so critical and people weren't mean on there mm-hmm. because it, it's easy for me to brush off most of it. But every now and then there's like one thing that I see and I'm just like, you know, that just frustrates me so much. Yeah. And I, I want to go on a whole tangent about it. Mm-hmm. And because it's so mean and people will DM me like crazy mean things. And it's just like, why are we using it for that? And why? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe I wish it could be monitored more. Yeah. Like Instagram can have, you know, Instagram is the biggest one, like have some yeah. moderators that mm-hmm. delete these nasty comments or don't like permit them to even be posted. Because right. even as, like aside from me, I have way less than a lot of my friends have had. They've had the meanest things said to them. And uh-huh. that really, really affects people. Oh, and it like sure. messes up. It messes them up and mm-hmm. it makes them feel crappy about themselves. Like I've had friends call me bawling their eyes out. And I hate that. I mean, and it's not over something minor. It's over something that's like, uh, you need to die. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not cool. That's not, I, I hate that it happens. And I also... I find it so fascinating because I always thought about, you know, you would see before all of The Bachelor and everything, you would, I would see like somebody's Instagram and I'd be like, wow, like they've got the coolest life. You know, it's Mm -hmm. so like, if I can only just be there, like have what they have and everything. And then I have what they have and I'm like, this is a facade. Yeah. Oh, for (laughs) sure. I'm laying in Mm -hmm. bed like all day long. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you like insecure whenever you're, you know, looking at it from a perspective of like not having a big following mm-hmm. and to now be at the point where I have the big following. And I'm like, I'm still doing the same thing that I was before the following. I'm just like making money off of it. <laughs> yeah. Cause you grew really fast. You have like 1.4 million followers. That's insane. Like, yeah, it's oh nuts. It's, it's, and the thing is too, like on the, on the side of it where you have the followers, it's never enough. We got 1.4 million. I'm like, Ugh, why don't I have 2 million? Mm-hmm. And it, it's yeah. just like kind of toxic in a way. I kind of told, and I, I told, don't like that. I told Victor that too. I just said, cause some people I'll find some people that will want me to, you know, work with them or say like somebody wants to like take pictures of me and they want me to tag them. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. But then it gets to a point of where they'll ask me to do it like six times. And then, and they just want like, they just want to hit like 2000 followers. Then they want to hit 5,000 followers. And it's like, they post told, pictures without permission. They're, just, they're asking for more. Yeah, Can we do well, this? I just told Victor, and, I said, oh, I feel, I feel like they wouldn't even be happy. I said, it's not the number that they want to hit. They're just like, you're always going to want more. That was exactly my point is like, if they had a hundred thousand, they'd want 200,000. And that's kind of what you said too. It's like being an influencer. You're always like, okay, I need to take it to the step up now because I mean, hitting like 600,000 for me was amazing. And then I'm like, okay, what's, what's next. And now I've just kind of been going down like very slowly and it's kind of like a weird feeling. It's like, I'm irrelevant now. So (laughs) 
Oh, like I, I totally know what you mean. Like, you know, I hit, I remember whenever I hit 10K and it was like the greatest day of my life. I was like, I have a K. And now, and then, like, you know, and yeah. then I hit 100,000. I'm like, oh my gosh, 100,000 people are following me. Mm-hmm. And then it was 250, 500, a million. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like life couldn't be better. And it's like, no, it's never enough. It's like money. Like you always are going to want more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, it, it really messes with you. And it also does definitely affect the people around you because then everybody, you know, wants like clout and everything. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, I want to give the people I love clout, but I, like, I'm sorry, person I went to high school with that I spoke to three times. I'm not gonna <laughs> thing. You know, I'm not going to promote your product or your business or whatever right. on my story because uh-huh. that's affecting my brand. I can't just let everybody do that. Like, you know, I get paid to do that. I have mm-hmm. to value myself, but then I feel like a jerk at the same time. Cause I'm like, I know that if I was in your position, I would really want that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, just and it's an internal, it's, it's the, the, it's a modern day internal conflict that, that wasn't a thing before. And it definitely is a thing now. Cause mm-hmm. that happens all the time, you know, Hey, here, can, especially yeah. with her. I mean, she's like, you've like really just like blown up your big. And right now everyone's just probably like, I don't know, just everybody wanting, wants a piece of the pie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we are the first, we're the guinea pigs of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, hundred years, they're going to have figured this out a lot more and have a lot more answers and a lot of solutions to all of these feelings and like, you know, these problems that we're coming across. Uh, but for now, like, we're just, we're the first generation that is experiencing all these different social media outlets. And there's not a lot of like sense to how to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm, and my my thing on the social media is I'm kind of torn too because I don't have a crazy following, but I have enough to you know advertise our stuff. Um, but at the same time, I've contemplated deleting it all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I contemplated like every day, and I have a million people, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm done with this shit. Like, yeah. it is draining me. <laughs> and I'm not even on you know on, on that level or on Nicole's level. I just I'm, I'm I'm I got the job that I have. I don't necessarily need the social media stuff. And it's like, is it worth it? And, and I it- think that's when you really have made it in life, right there. It's like. You're so content without social media, without the opinions of others. You're just like, I'm so happy. It's nice to see Victor just be like, I'm so happy with my everyday life. It's not his job. So he has it a little bit different than I do. But it, like, he's just like, I could get rid of it and I could be just as happy. Where me and be like, oh my God, like, what would I do? Because that's like my job. And, yeah. and exactly. I, I'm always trying to be better at it. But at the same time, I kind of freaking hate it. And like, I want to share what I want to share, but like everyone's sharing big moments. And so like, do I need to post a picture that I think everyone will like, or do I post a picture that I like, you know? So it's so true. It's so true. It's like, I don't, I don't care about the social media. I'm over it. I, I don't want to even do it, but it's like, I have to do that. That's my job. Yeah. And it's, all this guilt constantly and anxiety because I'm like, oh, I need to post something on Instagram. And it's just funny because there's a lot of people who feel the opposite. Like they love posting on Instagram and, you know, they want to grow their following or they want to work on it. And like, you know, they love doing it. And I'm just like, trust me, I got it. And it's not (laughs) what you think it is. Well, and and I think this is where, and I, and I just had an epiphany, I guess you would say, this is where, you people have to look at social media that aren't social media people, right? People that don't do social media for a living, looking at those influencers uh, like you know you or Nicole, is they they you guys are working on your career, mm-hmm. right? And your career is based on that. But for you guys, your career is meshed in with your personal life, true, right? 
I go to work, I wear a uniform, I do what I do at work, and I come home and I can separate myself from my job, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go back into work the next day and I pick up where I left off. There's no on and off for you guys. No, and it's it's yeah. about what we look like in our photos, whether that's going to get it's the attention. It's like very psychological our, our faces, thing. our yeah. bodies, and that's our job is like do... Or, or, is, or it's people's opinions of you. aesthetically pleasing. Is this photo like pretty? Yeah. And, oh my gosh, yeah, that's a so good point. You, your job is based on people's opinions of you, which is psychologically draining for you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it is your job, you know? So what are you going to do? Just quit? You know, so it, it, it's it's a weird it's it's a weird place to be, and like you said, people in the future will have a better way to figure out how to get through. And that it is than fun now. sometimes. Don't get me wrong; like sometimes I'm like, this is so fun that that's your job. That that's yeah. my job. Yeah, and I'm just like yeah, so excited to share some things, or even like sometimes collaborations with companies. I'm like, man, I got a really cool photo. You know, so um, yeah, and it's like sometimes fun to like engage with your audience, yeah. and you're just like, oh, they they're gonna love this and stuff, but then. A lot of the time it's, what are they going to think of this? Are mm-hmm. they going to hate it? Like, what are, you know, just constantly thinking of what other people are going to think about it. It, it is very, very draining. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I can't complain because, right. yeah. you know. I know, I, mean, I feel I bad. Complain, I, I feel, feel bad. bad yeah, me too. I feel yeah. bad complaining. It's like, shut up, Nicole. You, like, this is such a cool opportunity. But, you know, but, this but is ex- every job, I feel like you have type of complaints but this is the exact thing that we're talking about right this is what you you're talking about that things that you want to talk about on your podcast demi you should be able to have these open and candid yeah, conversations because sure. this is your life right yeah. what are you going to hide the fact that there are some things that you don't like about your job yeah. even though the job may be awesome you know yeah. actors have you know disagreements about their job but they have an amazing job they get to act for a living and mm-hmm. get paid a lot of money for it so yeah. it's only fair yeah definitely yeah it just you know, I don't know. It just feels, I feel guilty about it. It feels wrong a little <laughs> bit sometimes because it's like, okay, yeah, boo-hoo. You have a 1.4 million followers and you're upset about doing, like posting something. Like, yeah. you know, you're, it, it's like, okay, I, I need to not have a reason to complain, but also like my feelings are valid. It's just, you know, huge oh, psychological sure. warfare I'm going through. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the, on the show with us. Who's your next guest on, on the podcast, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I know that I'm in inter- like Slater is definitely going to be on. I think that Slater is the next episode I'm oh, going to release. Nice. Oh, that's so I'm really awesome. excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be really fun to get to like show the world, like our relationship. Cause <laughs> yeah. everyone, you know, it's no one really knows much about it. It's new. Like mm-hmm. the, nobody knows much about him from my following. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the banter that. between you guys for that. Cause relationship banter is the best. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it, our banter is so funny too because we'll be just be like reining each other and like digging at each other and laughing hysterically yeah, the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> like the other day, I was like mad at him about something, and I was like, "I'm gonna go home now forever." <laughs> and, started, and like the next day, he was just making fun of me all day for it, and I was just dying laughing. I was like, "I'm so sorry. I was so upset for no reason." Oh uh, like, yeah. Gonna... Nicole and, and I will get like, so you going home. You going home forever now? Like, your bag's packed? Nicole and I are in that, we'll get in an argument one day, and next day she'll, we'll, we'll laugh about the said argument or what somebody said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that so much because it's like, I need somebody to be able to just like take the piss out of the argument with yeah. me because like, obviously it was just emotions were heightened. I didn't mean it. Like, uh-huh. I, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've got him and then. 
Um, I think I'll do uh, Nick's after him and then Nick Viall. And then I have a drag queen that I'm interviewing on oh. Monday that I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's, uh, I have so many questions. That's awesome. That'll be a good one. It's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you uh, on your new uh, podcast, Germany, uh, Big Demi Energy. Uh, and thank you so much for being open with us on the podcast. We had so much fun with you. And, and, and tell them where they can, it's podcast one. So if you want to put right or right now, they can listen to it on like any platform, right? Yeah. So podcast yeah, one, you should listen. be able to lock okay. what I'll say it. Like I say ours, yeah, I mean, Spotify, I, Google play, Stitcher, <laughs> iHeartRadio, and podcast. One. I, don't, I don't know about all that. I think it's like Spotify <laughs> and Apple or podcast <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're working on the YouTube. We're working on the oh, YouTube. Oh, cool. oh so are you going to do like live? Or videos. Um, I think we're just gonna like upload the videos oh, of it, which will be video. interesting because like I've that. been recording these podcasts looking like absolute crap on Zoom. So I'm kind of scared about that, but um, <laughs> I'll be do it. <laughs> you can't look like crap, dummy. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again uh, for giving us your time today, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you guys for Bye. having me. I'm yeah. huge. I'm a huge fan. So really, I loved this, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me. And I had so much fun. We really hope you enjoyed that episode. She has so much energy, so much fun. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That was fun. It's always interesting to talk to them too, uh, bachelor people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're very intriguing. <laughs> you know, just like the whole process. All right, Nicole. So what do you got for us for weird or normal? Okay, so <laughs> it's so funny that we just like, do that. It's never consistent. <laughs> it's always different. We like to spice it up. Um, okay, so since toilet paper is such a hot commodity right now, mm-hmm. this was um, brought up by one of our listeners. Spit it out. Do you fold your toilet paper or scrunch your toilet paper before you wipe your butt? Oh, 100% fold it. Like neatly? D- yeah, just like one good little wrap around. The hand, <laughs> right? And then it's just folded in a perfect... Okay, so it just barely reaches around your hand? Well, no, you not so it can, like, come off and, like, you wipe your hand, but <laughs> like with your finger. Like, how many sheets? Like, yeah, like, I picture you measuring it out perfectly even no. to the... So it just goes around your hand with, like, barely any space and barely any overlap. It's muscle memory. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes, wipe. I mean, I, th- I feel like, I feel like I may go twice. Just have a good, you know, okay, so. thick texture to it. And I um, most definitely do not fold mine. I'm just like pull and it's kind of like almost too much a lot of time. And then I like push it back up on the thing and then I tear and I scrunch. You know, that's, <laughs> I just couldn't do that. That just seems. What? I, I don't know. I got, I feel I like. I don't want my, so I scrunch it. Like this. So I'm holding my hand like this. How would you describe it? I scrunch it. And so this is where the toilet paper is. My hand is nowhere so making contact. People in can't see what you're doing. So yeah. she's talking about basically putting her fingers all together in one little dot, right? So the toilet paper yeah. is on her fingers. And then on the other side, it's like around her hand almost. Yes. Right. It's completely like not touching anything down there. Whereas if you're like neatly folding, how do you fold around your finger does this take it's up folding around but then your fingers are behind the fold and you have the thumb oh, holding on so to the edge of it so your fingers aren't between the fold no that's what you used to fold oh, it and then you you know what i mean okay that makes a little more sense i don't leave my hand in the middle of the- <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was honestly that's what i was picturing i was no, picturing it, it, but it happens so fast like you just you just fold it and then your hands come out you know what yeah, I mean? it happens so fast you scrunch and 
Wait. I don't know. I just I got so much going on back there that I, I don't think the scrunch <laughs> situation will really work for me. What do you mean? <laughs> I feel like the scrunch situation would take up more um, of the situation you're talking about because it's in all shape and forms and you know you never know what you have on like the side of whatever oh. and so <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> on the side of what <laughs> does it, it does it come off of the toilet paper? i will say to be honest that most of my um bowel movements there's no toilet paper necessary. Do I she, still no wipe? Wipers. She has yes. no wipe. Nicole, you probably don't even wipe when you have... You're like, <laughs> yes. oh, I know there's no wiper. I'm not even going to no, wipe. No, yes, I wipe. But 90, 90% of the time, almost maybe higher, but I'm going to just say 90. TMI. I know. But so, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I had a lot going on back there like you, I would have to do the fold Shit. method. You know what I think? I think we need to buy a bidet. And uh, just hose it off <laughs> after every use. Oh, Victor. I don't know. It's whatever. I think it just goes to show you're cleaner. You're more of a neat freak. And I'm just more of like artistic. And I feel like this is an artistic <laughs> thing to do is not to like fold neatly before you're. It's funny because I had this conversation at work with some of the guys. Oh, really? And uh, one of uh, the guys, a girlfriend or spouse or whatever, they had did research at school about it, and it has to do with the feminine parts is why most females scrunch it oh, up. Oh, so most females do scrunch. Yes, yeah, most females okay, do scrunch. Okay, and yeah, we have to wipe whether we're going number one or number two. You only wipe if you're going number two. Mm-hmm. So I we hope. Have, <laughs> so we have more experience with the wiping situation. So if you want some advice, I would I would just try the scrunch tonight. No, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Just try it once and let me know what you think. I'll try the fold method. You try the scrunch. Okay. I'm scared that you're going to use entirely too much toilet paper for the fold method. So maybe let's not. Things are... That's a hot commodity right now is toilet paper. (laughs) And actually, we bought some bamboo toilet paper. I think I said that at one point. And we haven't even used it yet. We haven't had to. But I'm excited. I don't think you said it on the podcast. I think you just said it on my Instagram story. But yeah, yeah. we've only used one roll. Yeah, we've only used one. So so when this whole pandemic started, uh, toilet paper was getting really scarce and I couldn't find any online. (laughs) And we already had some, but I was like, well, let me just stock up just in case. And I was like, there has to be some bougie toilet paper out there. And I found some bamboo toilet paper. So the people don't know, bamboo, you don't have to replant. So when you cut bamboo, it grows really fast fast right and you're not cutting it at the root or anything so it's yeah, just gonna keep I coming back this on my story people were like well bamboo are trees but i looked it up no it it's not a tree it's not a tree it's almost like grass right yeah. you cut it and it just keeps growing you cut it and it mm-hmm. keeps growing so it's very sustainable right and the one that we have has no toxins dyes or anything like that and i'm not advertising for them hence i haven't said the name but and, and it's just like toilet paper. You wouldn't be able to tell a difference. So we have that bougie toilet paper, and we haven't had he to use it He calls it yet. bougie, which it is bougie because yeah, it's expensive. it expense. was like $40 so, for... <laughs> but bougie don't necessarily mean expensive. It is great, and it's great for the environment. So mm-hmm. I guess that considers it bougie, but it's not like soft like Charmin. It, it feels like um, a little bit rougher, but it works really well. I don't I think mean, it feels rougher. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell a difference. I wouldn't know it either, but I'm just saying compared to like the softest... Yeah. toilet paper out there which people might consider bougie mm-hmm. um i mean in college my freaking well my best friend and my roommate 
She was like stuck on Scott's toilet paper because it would last. It's so thin, and it would like yeah, that thing's like half apply and like rips you a new one. It would. It's like wiping with cardboard. But honestly, it would last. Like we were broke, so it would last so so long. Yeah, no crap. And I finally like I just gave in to her. I was like, fine, get freaking Scott's. And so because I was an angel soft person, and so but I didn't experiment. So in our bathroom, I put. Um, Scotts. I I bought Scotts for some weird reason. I won't do it again. I was so pissed. And I, I was put so it in pi- one bathroom. I was like, why did you make this horrible decision? <laughs> the bathroom Vic was in, and then I used Angel Soft in mine. And I went through like six rolls, and he still was on the first one. Yeah, because so, I wasn't using it because it was like fucking uh, well, wiping with construction paper. What were you using? Uh, I was. I switched it. I wasn't using that. Oh, it lasted. It lasts a very long time though. So in a pandemic, Victor, that would have been the smart choice to make is Scott's. Yeah. You know what was available during the pandemic? Scott's. <laughs> Things better off as like firewood or something. <laughs> Scott's hates us now. <laughs> anyway. To each their own. I mean, yeah. Mariah loves it and there's people out there that love it. And Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Spanish word of the day. All right. The Spanish word of the day today is sortera. Sortera. Sortera or sortero. Sortera. Sorry, in the background you're hearing uh, lo- people mowing lawns. So and it can stuff. be feminine or masculine. Mm-hmm. Sortera. It's something that you and me aren't. Okay. We are not this. We so are it, not this. So it's an adjective. It's describing us, right? Yeah. Okay. Is this something we talked about? I have no idea. Kinda. It's not toilet paper because that's not a girl and a guy. Well, just because we didn't talk about it in the last, you know, three minutes doesn't mean we haven't talked about it. So when you pick a word out of thin air, there's millions of words. It would be nice if you condensed them down to what we were kind of talking about because, I don't know, sordetta. Sordetta. Does it sound like... Yes. Oh. It sounds like an American word? Kind of. I mean, not really, but it kind of does. It starts with an S. What is it? Single. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. (laughs) Where the heck did that come from? The Bachelor. They get on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. They're single. Um, You know, they're on the show to find love, right? So you and me are not single. I have a question about that. Do you think that... So I see a lot of Bachelor and Bachelorettes consider all 26. I don't know how many there is, but say there's 26 contestants, Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends. What? Yeah. And so... They're like, oh, hanging out with my ex today. And they'd be like out in the first couple weeks. And I would be thinking. No. Or like your friends. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't consider. Absolutely. I feel like until it gets down to like maybe final four, those could technically be your exes. But I don't know if that really would be considered an ex. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't. I think they just think do it because most, it sounds funny. Yeah. I think that's actually pretty absurd if you if you ask me to. Because they didn't have a choice. Like, you got on the show, so they're your ex just for showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm off. What, uh, you know, I think what constitutes an ex for them is they have to, especially on that show, they have to know their birthday, right? Okay. If you don't know their birthday, mm-hmm. you're definitely not. And I, and I would I would suffice what's it. My, what's my birthday? I would suffice it to say. Victor, what's my birthday? June 30th, 1992. I would suffice it to say <laughs> that they don't even know the birthday of the last mm-hmm. three people, right? Probably not. Because from what we've heard, they only really hang out a total of like oh less, than a, less than 
like a day in terms of hours, right? Actual hours spending time with just one-on-one. And it's like glorious. You're exactly. in helicopters. You're in freaking <laughs> Last time countries. Nicole was in a helicopter, was she was about glory. to vomit. I'm all happy and excited. I'm like, Nicole, look out the window. She's like, shut up. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Be- being on Pilot Pete's season would have been the worst Nicole would have been thing for my life. Bag just breathing in and out, hoping she doesn't Ralph. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just like, the last thing I want to do is someone take me up in an airplane or a freaking helicopter airplane what do they fly a helicopter and just think that that's romantic it's like get me on the ground please (laughs) how about how about a hot air balloon would you be would you be open to a hot air balloon that's like iffy but i'd be more no probably not that seems really sketchy and those are very expensive and so it's just not worth the money for me because even if it was free i don't think i'd do it all right, Nicole. I'm going to change the topic, and right. we're going to read a review because you guys are what drives us uh, to do this podcast. And like I always say, without you, there's no us. Short and sweet. Here we go. This one is by human. <laughs> it's by a human, <laughs> 6578. A human being. A human being. Five stars. Positive and uplifting. This podcast is a great thing to listen to during this COVID-19 pandemic. It provides such an optimistic outlook on the situation, especially quarantine. Thank you guys so much for bringing such love and light into these trying times. I am wishing Nicole the best of luck with her anxiety. I have had a few panic attacks myself over this pandemic, and I pray she hasn't had any. Thanks for taking time out of your day to read this review. Thank you. And actually, I've been doing really well. Yes, you have. Um, yeah. I Knocking on wood, uh-huh. I haven't had any um, yeah. panic attacks. I kind of feel one a-brewing, I'll be honest. During this episode, I felt one a-brewing earlier, but just kind of like shut it down. And uh, yeah, so That's good. thank you. And I, and I hope you're doing, anybody out there who suffers from anxiety or panic attacks, I hope you are handling this as well as you can be. With the circumstances, but just remember, like, focus on the small things, focus on self-care, and that's what I've been doing, and I I'm honestly can say I am in the best mental state I've been in for in the last year. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on this episode of Coco Caliente Podcast. Thank you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on the Apple Podcast uh, app. Uh, you can find it on your phone or you can go online. You can listen to this uh, podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. You can also check out our merchandise. Uh, don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you, guys. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.